0: Hello. Uh, Hello. Welcome to Infinite Cast, Episode Four. Uh, when we last left our tome, uh, we had completed uh, the journey into uh, Ken Erdaddy's uh preparation for his weed vacation. Yep. Uh, Which didn't
1: sound like much of a va- of a vacation. No, at his all.
0: his self imposed weed punishment.
1: Sorry, I'm mo- I'm motioning to Chris to hand me a, a bottle of water. Okay, I'm great. Parched.
0: Yeah, we're well, doing a lot of reading. <laughs> Uh, but we are now in a new segment, which we will begin reading as soon as Molly is done drinking this.
1: I've water. hydrated. Go. This is I really maybe it's good for these episodes to share at the at the top what page we are on. Uh, this is the edition that it's just you know it's it, paperback it's, and there's a sky on it.
0: It's the it's the one you're thinking of. It's got the it's yellow the letters. It's the one that's in the in the uh, uh, the cover that's in the episode. Our. And
1: we're on page twenty-seven.
0: Great. Let's go.
1: Well, let's get into it. This is uh April first year of the tux medicated pad <laughs> um we'll get we'll eventually have a clearer uh timeline of what the years are I imagine but this. just trust that the year of the tux medicated pad is before the year of the depend al- adult undergarment and it's before the year of glad okay, great so th- we're going back in time a bit All right, and this is an entirely um a dialogue scene. Okay, great. So I'll try to deal with that the best I can. All I know is my dad said to come here. Come right in. You'll see a chair to your immediate left. So I'm here. That's just fine. Seven up? Maybe some lemon soda? I guess not, thanks. I'm just here is all and I'm kind of wondering why my dad sent me down, you know. Your door there doesn't have anything on it and I was just at the dentist last week and so I'm wondering why I'm here exactly is all that's why i'm not sitting down yet you're how old hal 14 i'll be 11 in june are you a dentist is this like a dental consult you're here to converse converse yes pardon me while i key in this age correction your father had you listed as 14 for some reason converse as in with you you're here to converse with me hal yes I'm almost going to have to implore you to have a lemon soda. Your mouth is making those dry, sticky, inadequate saliva sounds. Dr. Zagarelli says that's one reason for all the caries is that I have low salivary output. Those dry, sticky, saliva sounds, which can be death to a good conversation. But I rode my bike all the way up here against the wind just to converse with you? Is the conversation supposed to start with me asking Why? I'll begin by asking if you know the meaning of implore, Hal. Probably I'll go ahead and take a seven-up then, if you're going to implore. I'll ask you again whether you know implore, young sir. Young sir? (laughs) You're wearing that bow tie, after all. Isn't that rather an invitation to a young sir? (sighs) Implore is a regular verb, transitive. To call upon or for in supplication. To pray to or for earnestly. To beseech, to entreat weak synonym urge strong synonym beg etymology unmixed from latin implorare im meaning in plorare meaning in this context to cry aloud oed condensed volume 6 page 1387 column 12 and a little bit of 13 good lord she didn't exaggerate did she i tend to get beat up sometimes at the academy for stuff like that does this bear on why i'm here that I'm a continentally ranked junior tennis player who can also recite great chunks of the dictionary verbatim at will and tends to get beat up and wears the bow tie? Are you like a specialist for gifted kids? Does this mean they think I'm gifted? Here you are. Drink up. Thanks. Shulg <laughs> spa. That's supposed to be... A drinking sound. I'm Was sorry. that sound that you made just Shul-
0: before this? The, the opening of a, can. of a can? Yes. You, Shul- you did Shul- a good job competing. Shul- shulk, shulk, spa.
1: Woo, ah. You were thirsty. So then if I sit down, you'll fill me in. Dot, dot, dot. Professional conversationalist noses mucous membranes after all. I might have to burp a little bit in a second from the soda. I'm alerting you ahead of time. Cal, you are here because I am a professional conversationalist and your father has made an appointment with me for you to converse. Murp, excuse me. Tap, tap, tap. Shulg spa. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. You're a professional conversationalist? I am, yes, as I believe I've just stated, a professional conversationalist. Don't start looking at your watch as if I'm taking up valuable time of yours. If himself made the appointment and paid for it, the time's supposed to be mine, right? Not yours. And then, but what's that supposed to mean, professional conversationalist? A conversationalist is just one who converses much. You actually charge a fee to converse much? A conversationalist is also one who, I'm sure you'll recall, excels in conversation. That's Webster's seventh. That's not the OED. Tap, tap. I'm an OED man, doctor, if that's what you are. Are you a doctor? Do you have a doctorate? Most people like to put their diplomas up, I notice, if they have credentials, And Webster's seventh isn't even up to date. Webster's eighth amends to one who converses with much enthusiasm. Another seven up? Is himself still having this hallucination I never speak? Is that why he put the moms up to having me bike up here? Himself is my dad. We call him himself, as in, quote, the man himself, as it were. We call my mother the moms. My brother coined the term. I understand this isn't unusual. I understand most more or less normal families address each other internally by means of pet names and terms and monikers. Don't even think about asking me what my little internal moniker is. Tap, tap, tap. But himself hallucinates sometimes lately. You ought to be apprised, was the thrust. I'm wondering why the moms let him send me pedaling uphill here uphill against the wind when I've got a challenge match at 3 p.m. to converse with an enthusiast with a blank door and no diplomas anywhere in view. I, in my small way, would like to think it had as much do, to do with me as with you, that my reputation preceded me. Isn't that usually a pejorative clause? I am wonderful fun to talk to. I'm a consummate professional. People leave my parlor in states. You are here. It's conversation time. So we shall we discuss Byzantine erotica? How did you know I was interested in Byzantine erotica? <laughs> You seem persistently to confuse me with someone who merely hangs out a shingle with the word conversationalist on it and this operation with a fly-by-night one strung together with chewing gum and twine. You think I have no support staff, researchers at my back? You think we don't delve full bore into the psyches of those for whom we've made appointments to converse? You don't think this fully accredited, limited partnership would have an interest in obtaining data on what informs and stimulates our conversees? I know only one person who'd ever use full bore in casual conversation. There is nothing casual about a professional conversationalist and staff. We delve, we obtain, and then some, young sir. Okay, Alexandrian or Constantinian. You think we haven't thoroughly researched your own connection with the whole current intra-provincial crisis in southern Quebec? (laughs) What intra-provincial crisis in southern Quebec? I thought you wanted to talk racy mosaics. This is an upscale district of a vital North American metropolis, Hal. Standards here are upscale and high. A professional conversationalist, a professional conversationalist, flat out full bore delves. Do you for one moment think that a professional plier of the trade of conversation would fail to probe beak deep into your family's sordid liaison with the pan-Canadian resistance's notorious Monsieur Duplessis and his malevolent but allegedly irresistible amanuensis com-operative P. Dash?
0: Oh yeah. This
1: is a, that's the, you'll, whatever.
0: I'll get it. I <laughs> I'm get j- it. just excited about Quebec nationalists. Yeah.
1: Listen, are you okay? Do you? I'm 10 for Pete's sake. I think maybe your appointment calendar squares got juggled. I'm the potentially gifted 10-year-old tennis and lexical prodigy whose mom's a continental mover and shaker in the prescriptive grammar academic world and whose dad's a towering figure in optical and avant-garde film circles and single-handedly founded the Enfield Tennis Academy but drinks wild turkey at like 5 a.m. and pitches over sideways during dawn drills on the courts some days and some days presents with delusions about people's mouths moving but nothing coming out. I'm not even up to J yet in the condensed OED, much less Quebec or malevolent malevolent Lurias, uh, he continues to speak, of the fact that photos of the aforementioned liaison being leaked to Der Spiegel resulted in the bizarre deaths of both an Ottawa paparazzo and a Bavarian international affairs editor of an Alpenstock through the abdomen and an ill-swallowed cocktail onion, respectively. (laughs) I just finished Jew's ear. I've just started on Jew's harp and the general theory of oral liars. I've never even skied. <laughs> that you could dare to imagine we'd fail conversationally to countenance certain weekly, shall we say, maternal assignations with a certain unnamed bisexual bassoonist in the Albertan Secret, Guard, Secret Guards Tactical Bands Unit. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, is that the exit over there I see? That your blithe inattention to your own dear grammatical mother's cavortings with not one, not two, but over thirty Near Eastern medical attaches? Would it be rude to tell you your mustache is askew? That her introduction of esoteric mnemonic steroids, stereochemically not dissimilar to your father's own daily hypodermic megavitamin supplement derived from a certain organic testosterone regeneration compound distilled by the Jivaro Shaman of the south-central L.A. basin into your innocent-looking bowl of morning Ralston. As a matter of fact, I'll go ahead and tell you your whole face is kind of running, sort of, if you want to check. Your nose is pointing at your lap. That your quote unquote complementary dumlop wide body tennis rackets super secret formulaic composition materials of high modulus graphite, graphite reinforced polycarbonate, polybutyletine, oh, yeah, wait, no, I'm <laughs> like, did I get it? No, polybutylene resin or organically chemical organochemically identical. I say identical to the gyroscopic balance sensor and mise en appropriation card and pre entertainment cartridge implanted in your very own towering father's anaplastic cerebrum after his cruel series of detoxifications and convolution smoothings and gastrectomy and prostatectomy and pancreatectomy and phylectectomy or phylectomy. Tap-tap. spa. <laughs> could, could possibly escape the combined investigative attention of dot dot dot, and it strikes me that I've definitely seen that Argyle sweater vest comp, uh, before. That's himself special Interdependence Day celebratory dinner Argyle sweater vest that he makes a point of never having cleaned. I know those stains. I was there for that clot of veal marsala right there. Is this whole appointment a date connected thing? Is this April Fool's, Dad, or do I need to call the moms and CT? Who requires only daily evidence that you speak? That you recognize the occasional vista beyond your own generous Mondragonoid's nose fleshy tip? You rented a whole office and face for this, but you leave your old, unmistakable sweater vest on? And how'd you even get down here before me, with the mercury up on blocks after you? Did you fool CT into giving you the keys to a functional car? Who used to pray daily for the day his own dear late father would sit, cough, open that bloody issue of the Tucson Citizen, and not turn that newspaper into the room's fifth wall, and who after all this light and noise has apparently spawned the same silence, dot dot dot, who's lived his whole ruddy, bloody, cruddy life in five walled rooms, dad, I've got a duly scheduled challenge match with Schacht in like 12 minutes, wind at my downhill back or no. I've got this oral lyrologist who's going to be outside Brighton Best Savings wearing a pre-designated necktie at straight up five. I have to mow his lawn for a month for this interview. I can't just sit here watching you think I'm mute while your fake nose points at the floor. And are you hearing me talking, Dad? It speaks. It accepts soda and defines implore and converses with you. Praying for just one conversation, amateur or no, that does not end in terror, that does not l- end like all others. You staring, me swallowing. son, sun. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, May ninth, year of the depend adult undergarment. Okay, back to back, back to, to back to the current day. Yes. Another way fathers impact sons is that sons, once their voices have changed in puberty, invariably answer the telephone with the same locutions and intonations as their fathers. This holds true, regardless of whether the fathers are still alive. Because he left his dormitory room before 0600 for dawn drills and often didn't get back there until after supper, packing his book bag and knapsack and gear bag for the whole day, together with selecting his best strung rackets. It all took Hal some time. Plus, he usually collected and packed and selected in the dark, and with stealth because his brother Mario was usually still asleep in the other bed. Mario didn't drill and couldn't play and needed all the sleep he could get. Hal held his complimentary gear bag and was putting on different pairs of sweats to his face, trying to find the cleanest pair by smell, when the telephone console sounded. Mario thrashed and sat up in bed, a small hunched shape with a big head against the gray light of the window. Hal got to the console on the second ring and had the transparent phone's antenna out by the third. His way of answering the phone sounded like "Mm, yellow. (laughs) I want to tell you, the voice on the phone said. My head is filled with things to say. Hal held three pairs of ETA sweatpants in the hand that didn't hold the phone. He saw his older brother succumb to gravity and fall back limp against the pillows. Mario often sat up and fell back, still asleep. I don't mind, Hal said softly. I could wait forever. That's what you think, the voice said. The connection was cut. It had been Orin. Hey, Hal? The light in the room was a creepy gray, a kind of non-light. Hal could hear Brant laughing at something Kenkel had said off down the hall and the clank of their janitorial buckets. The person on the phone had been O. Hey, Hal? Mario was awake. It took four pillows to support Mario's oversized skull. His voice came from the tangled bedding. Is it still dark out or is it me? Go back to sleep. It isn't even six. Hal put the good leg into the sweatpants first. Who was it? Shoving three coverless Dunlop wide bodies into the gear bag and zipping the bag partway up so the handles had room to stick out, carrying all three bags back over to the console to deactivate the ringer on the phone. He said, no one you know, I don't think. All right, you're the, adult, the depend adult undergarment. Though only one half ethnic Arab and a Canadian by birth and residence, the medical attache is nevertheless once again under Saudi diplomatic immunity, this time as special ear-nose-throat consultant to the personal physician of Prince Q, the Saudi minister of home entertainment here on northeastern USA soil, (laughs) with his legation to cut another mammoth deal with interlaced Tel entertainment. The medical attache turns 37 tomorrow, Thursday, 2nd April, in the North American Lunar YDAU. The legation finds the promotional subsidy of the North American calendar hilariously vulgar, to say nothing of the arresting image of the idolatrous West's most famous and self-congratulating idol, the colossal Libertine statue, wearing some type of enormous adult design diaper, a hilarious apposite image popular in the news photos of so many international journals. <laughs> You are picking up what that's putting yeah, down? Yeah, I'm getting it. <laughs> I got it. The attaché's medical practice, being normally divided between Montreal and the Rube Al-Khali, it is his first trip back to USA soil since completing his residency eight years ago. His duties here involve migrating with the prince and his retinue between interlaces two hubs of manufacture and dissemination in Phoenix, Arizona, USA, and Boston, Massachusetts, USA, respectively, offering expert ENT assistance to the personal physician of Prince Q. The medical attaché's particular expertise is the maxillofacial consequences of imbalances in intestinal flora. Prince Q, as anyone who refuses to eat pretty much anything but Toblerone, suffers chronically from candina albicans with attendant susceptibilities to monilial sinusitis and thrush, the yeasty sores and sinal impactions of which require almost daily drainage in the cold and damp early spring Boston, USA. A veritable artist, Possessed of a deafness, non-pareil, with cotton swab, and evacuation hypo, the medical attaché is known amongst the shrinking upper classes of Petro-Arab nations as the debakey of maxillofacial yeast, The staggering fee scale as holy ad valorem. Saudi consulting fees, in particular, are somewhat just past obscene, but the medical attaché's duties on this trip are personally draining and sort of nauseous. And when he arrives back to the sumptuous apartments... He had his wife sublet in districts far from the legation's normal back bay and Scottsdale digs at the day's end. He needs unwinding in the very worst way. A more than averagely devout follower of the North American Sufism promulgated in his childhood by Pierre Valliat, the medical attaché partakes of neither keef nor distilled spirits and must unwind without chemical aid. When he arrives home after evening prayers, he wants to look upon a spicy and 100% Sharia Halal dinner, piping hot and arranged and steaming pleasantly on its attachable tray. He wants his bib ironed and laid out by the tray at the ready, and he wants the living room's teleputer booted and warmed up and the evening's entertainment cartridges already selected and arranged and lined up in dock, ready for remote insertion into the viewer's drive. He reclines before the viewer in his special electronic recliner and his black veiled ethnically Arab wife wordlessly attends him, loosening any constrictive clothing, adjusting the room's lighting, fitting the complexly molded dinner tray over his head so that his shoulders support the tray and allow it to project into space just below his chin that he may enjoy his hot dinner without having to remove his eyes from whatever entertainment is up and playing.
0: I mean, this does sound great.
1: Sounds pretty lit, right? Yeah. He has a narrow imperial style beard with which his wife also attends and keeps free of detritus from the tray just below. The medical attache sits and watches and eats and watches, (laughs) unwinding by invisible degrees until the angles of his body in the chair and his head on his neck indicate that he has passed into sleep, at which point his special electronic recliner can be made automatically to recline to full horizontal. And luxuriant silk analog bedding emerges flowingly from long slots in the appliance's sides. And unless his wife is inconsiderate and clumsy with the recliner's remote handheld controls... The medical attache permitted to ease effortlessly from unwound spectation into a fully relaxed night's sleep. Still right there in the recumbent recliner, the teepee set to run a recursive loop of low-volume surf and light, uh, light rain on broad green leaves. Except, that is, for Wednesday nights, which in Boston are permitted to be his wife's Arab Women's Advanced League Tennis Night with the other legation wives and companions at the plush Mount Auburn Club in West Watertown, on which nights she is not around wordlessly to attend him, Since Wednesday is the USA weekday on which fresh Toblerone hits Boston, Massachusetts, USA's Newberry Street's import confectioner's shelves, and the Saudi Minister of Home Entertainment's inability to control his appetites for Wednesday Toblerone often requires the medical attaché to remain in personal attendance all evening on the bulk-rented 14th floor of the Back Bay Hilton juggling tongue depressors and cotton swabs, nystatin and uh, ibuprofen and styptics and antibiotic thrush salves, rehabilitating the mucous membranes of the dyspeptic and distressed, and often, but not always, penitent and appreciative Saudi Prince Q. So on April 1st, YDAU, when the medical attache is, it is alleged, insufficiently dipped with a Q-tip, on an ulcerated sinal necrosis and is subjected at just 1800 hours to a fit of febrile thrush hive peak from the florally imbalanced Minister of Home Entertainment and is by high volume fiat replaced at the royal bedside by the prince's personal physician, who's summoned by beeper from the Hilton sauna. And when the damp personal physician pats the medical attache on the shoulder and tells him to pay the peak no mind, that it's just the yeast talking, (laughs) but to just head on home and unwind, and for once make a well-deserved early Wednesday evening of it. And but so when the attache does get home at like 1840, his spacious Boston apartments are empty, the living room lights undimmed, dinner unheated, and the attachable tray still in the dishwasher. And worst, of course, no entertainment cartridges have been obtained from the Boylston Street interlace outlet where the medical attache's wife, like all the veiled wives and companions of the prince's legatees, have a complimentary goodwill account. And even if you weren't far too exhausted and tightly wound to venture back into the damp urban night to pick up entertainment cartridges, the medical attaché realizes that his wife has, as always on Wednesdays, taken the car with the diplomatic immunity license plates without which your thinking alien wouldn't even dream of trying to park publicly at night in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. The medical attaché's unwinding options are thus severely constricted. The living room's lavish TP receives also the spontaneous disseminations of the interlaced subscription pulse matrix, but the procedures for ordering specific spontaneous pulses from the service are so technologically and cryptographically complex that the attaché has always left the whole business to his wife. On this Wednesday night, trying buttons and abbreviations almost at random, the attaché is able to summon up only live USA professional sports, which he has always found brutish and repellent. Texaco Oil Company-sponsored opera, with the adi- which the attaché has seen today more than enough of the human uvula, thank you very much, a redisseminated episode of the popular afternoon interlaced children's program Mr. Bouncy Bounce, which the attaché thinks for a moment might be a documentary on bipolar mood disorders until he catches on and thumbs the selection panel hastily, and a redisseminated session of the scantily clad variable impact early AM fit-forever home aerobic series of the Interlace aerobics guru, Miss Tawny Kondo, <laughs> <laughs> the scantily clad and splay-limbed immodesty of which threatens the devout medical a- medical attache with the possibility of impure thoughts. I'll do one more page. The only entertainment cartridges anywhere in the apartment, a foul-tempered s- tempered search reveals, are those which have arrived Arrived in Wednesday's USA Postal Delivery, left on the sideboard in the living room, along with personal and professional faxes and mail, the medical attache designs to read until it's been pre-scanned by his wife for relevant interest to himself. The sideboard is against the wall, opposite the room's electronic recliner, under a triptych of high-quality Byzantine erotica. (laughs) The padded cartridge mailers with their distinctive rectangular bulge are mixed haphazardly in with the less entertaining mail. Searching for something to unwind with, the medical attache tears the different padded mailers open along their designated perforations. There is an ONANMA specialty service film on actinomycete-class antibiotics and irritable bowel syndrome. There is 1st April's YDAU's CBC slash Path A North American News Summary 40-minute cartridge available daily by a wife's auto subscription and either transmitted to TP by unrecordable interlaced pulse or express posted on a single play ROM self-erasing disc. Oh, we needed Quibi badly, didn't we? (laughs) There is the Arabic language video edition of April's self-magazine for the attaché's wife, (laughs) Nas's cover models chastely swathed and veiled. There is a plain brown and irritatingly untitled cartridge case in a featureless white, three-day standard USA first-class padded cartridge mailer. The padded mailer is postmarked suburban Phoenix area in Arizona, USA, and the return address box has only the term happy anniversary with a small, drawn, crude face smiling in ballpoint ink instead of a return address or incorporated logo. Though by birth and residence a native of Quebec where the language of discourse is not English, the medical attaché knows quite well that the English word anniversary does not mean the same as birthday. And the medical attaché and his veiled wife were united in the eyes of God and prophet, not in April, but in October, four years prior, in the Rue al Adding to the padded mailer's confusion is the fact that anything from Prince Q's legation in Phoenix, Arizona, USA would carry a diplomatic seal instead of routine ONA and postage. The medical attache, in some, feels tightly wound and badly underappreciated and is prepared in advance to be irritated by the item inside, which is merely a standard black entertainment cartridge, but is wholly unlabeled and not in any sort of colorful or informative or inviting cartridge case and has only another of those vapid USA-type circular smiling heads embossed upon it where the registration and duration codes are supposed to be embossed. The medical attache is published by the cryptic mailer and face and case and unlabeled entertainment and preliminarily irritated by the amount of time he's had to spend upright at the sideboard attending to mail, which is not his task. The sole reason he does not throw the unlabeled cartridge in the waste can or put it aside for his wife to preview for relevance is because there are such woefully slim entertainment pickings on his wife's irritating Americanized tennis league evening away from her place at home. The attaché will pop the cartridge in and scan just enough of its contents to determine whether it is irritating or of an irrelevant (laughs) nature and not entertaining or engaging in any way. He will heat the prepared halal lamb and spicy halal garnish in the microwave oven until piping hot, arrange it attractively on his tray, preview the first few moments of the puzzling and or irritating or possibly mysteriously blank entertainment cartridge first, then unwind with a news summary, then perhaps have a quick, unlibidinous look at Noss's spring line of sexless, black, devout women's wear. (laughs) Then we'll insert the recursive surf and rain cartridge and make a well-deserved early Wednesday evening of it, hoping only that his wife will not return from her tennis league in her perspiration-dampened, black, ankle-length tennis ensemble and remove his dinner tray from his sleeping neck in a clumsy or undeft fashion that will awaken him, potentially." When he settles in with a tray and cartridge, the TV viewer's digital display reads, 1927 hours.
0: Why don't uh, you ever make me a hot and spicy Sharia Halal meal and (laughs) put it over my head in a special plastic bib?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I I should. I'm too busy playing tennis with the other (laughs) diplomatic Arab ladies. (laughs) It's okay. That chair, the recliner... Uh, with the tray does sound pretty nice.
0: I mean his whole situation there uh does sound extremely luxurious and I am a little jealous of it.
1: You're jealous of uh yeah. of so, the medical medical attaché. <laughs>
0: um so far a large portion of this book is uh just getting irritated at forms of entertainment.
1: Hey, what how is that different from life?
0: I know it's it's relatable but you know, you don't you don't hear it put that way. We lo- we love to get mad at our TVs, don't we?
1: Uh, li- line of the reading goes to a uh, um don't don't be don't be offended it's just the geese talking <laughs> 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 that fresh, uh, wednesday fresh wednesday Toblerone
0: fresh wednesday tobleron i, I like that chapter a lot
1: what did you think of the scene of um hal going to the conversation I was specialist having a that is his
0: dad, dad in a weird disguise in ra- like a mission ranting about max, yeah mask, ranting about his weird, like, wife's uh, infidelity with like french Québecois nationalists. Yeah, uh, I was having a little trouble tra- tracking that. I, I had to really like uh, do some active listening, but yeah, um, I I don't know. I, I intense and all these scenes with Hal just leave you with more questions than answers.
1: Yes, they will be answered, but well, it I mean, is it's confusing. a big book. There's
0: you, you got to set up all the questions and then you provide answers.
1: Yes. Um. So, but now now you know that Hal's not an only child. He's got and an Mario. older brother Mario and an older brother Orin.
0: Oren, and then is CT? CT is his
1: mom's um, either stepbrother or half brother. Is
0: that the other person who runs the school? Yes,
1: he's he's a school guy. He was one of the guys at the The Enfield Academy. Mm -hmm. Yes, Um, yeah. When I say ETA, that's Enfield Tennis Academy. I
0: I I get that. You kind of get you get the name of something, and then he moves into uh, abbreviations. Yeah, which I like. I like I like stuff like that,
1: which are easy to look at, harder Harder to to say.
0: O n a n. O n a n. O n a n. Uh, I I like the um that that Depends Adult Undergarment didn't just sponsor the year but got a giant depend on the Statue of Liberty.
1: It's I mean, it's so nuts, but like people are putting masks on statues. Yeah, it, it is. I know it's not the same thing. Like it's not, you know, a sponsored sponsored time is not the same thing as, you know, encouraging people to deal with coronavirus by like uh putting a mask on, you know, statues or whatever. Yeah. But like kind of Yes.
0: No, it's not it's 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 one of those things that is uh Vi- patently absurd until it happens and Damn. it and it seems dangerously close to happening.
1: We might put a, a diaper on our uh, on our Liberty Lady yet. We're going to put a diaper on the moon. Lib- the Libertine Lady.
0: The Libertine Lady. We're going to put a diaper on the moon. Folks, we're going to diaper the moon. <laughs> uh yeah, good segment. I again I'm just like where how, how is how are these things going to intersect? It's unclear. Unclear. We'll see. Um but I'm I'm along Well, they're
1: all in Boston.
0: yeah Boston and Arizona are somehow like you know they're there I see the nexus there yeah there's
1: Boston there's Arizona there's Quebec yeah
0: um last time I said I had another topic for conversation in one of these uh and I'll put it on this one even though we're running a little long uh we the other night watched Southland Tales Mm -hmm. uh and while I was thinking of it I was thinking that that movie and Molly can do you confirm uh do you concur uh has big infinite jest energy. Big
1: infinite jest energy for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: That movie that movie ha- is has a lot of a lot of things going on, but it's like silly and satirical and and weird and literary in in the same kind of way. way yeah, like I, overstuffed.
1: Yes, there is so much. Um, uh, Uh, explanation at the beginning of the, like, that's the thing, that's where it separates from David Foster Wallace, because David Foster Wallace would just put you right in the middle of shit, versus Mm -hmm. at the top of Southland Tales, they're like, so here's what happened. So here's the deal.
0: Here's the deal. (laughs) Which, you know, is usually an indication that a movie is going to be not good, when a movie starts with, like, four minutes of being like, okay, so I just need to explain, like, a bunch of shit, or else you're not going to get the movie. Yeah. But at least, it's usually interesting.
1: No, the, uh, director of thousand tales kelly
0: yeah richard kelly
1: richard kelly i wouldn't trust him with uh with david foster wallace material you wouldn't trust i him? would if he ever wanted to bring a richard
0: life. kelly infinite jest like limited series like a 10 episode series
1: Ah. <sighs> I'd be. I, I would. I would dig it. You. You would watch it. It's. I mean, so far. We'll. We'll eventually talk about this. Obviously, but the. I think one of the only. Um, really good David Foster Wallace uh, adaptations is a Decemberus video, where a Decemberist music video where they uh, depict a scene of a special tennis themed game that I, they play. No, I've, I. I know this video. Yeah. Uh, and watching that it w- I was truly like holy shit like no way they did it they did it so like seeing someone do this
0: oh my god uh, let's get Colin Malloy on the pod sure uh, wishing that into the universe alright I gotta go play Dungeons and Dragons okay
1: Chris has gotta go play Dungeons
0: and Dragons uh, more, more to come uh, I don't thanks know thanks for listening thanks for listening rate, review, subscribe do all the bullshit whatever <laughs> tell us what you think if you want more of something or less of something uh, tell us and you know if we think it's a good idea maybe we'll do it
1: yeah I'll practice my pronunciation of science words in the meantime.
0: Uh, Great. And eventually maybe uh, if we really want to get nutty with this, uh, we'll turn this, uh, I'll start reading you Dune. Sure. At the the back end. Sure. Uh, Bye.